0: On 89.9 The Light, you're in conversation with Clayton, and it is just wonderful to chat to uh, the person who actually started Koala Kids. We're going to find out what that is about. Mandy, Mandy joins us. G'day, Mandy.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: We are doing really, really well, and it is fantastic to chat to you. Um, I I want to hear all about Koala Kids, and especially we want to talk to you about uh, the impact that the pandemic has had on those kids who are going through cancer treatments. But let's start off with what is Koala Kids itself? And um, and then we'll hear a bit of the story of how you started it.
1: Thank you. Well, Koala Kids um, is a volunteer-driven organization. We're a registered not-for-profit and we provide small things for children and young people uh, undergoing cancer treatment, their families and their healthcare team. Um, we support kids, sadly, from babies, um, when babies can be born with cancer, right up to the age of 25. So you're young adults. Um, and we provide them with all the normal small things that they would normally enjoy in everyday life. But once they get to hospital, unfortunately, that you know that they, they weren't there before we came along. Things like books and bubbles and board games, um, snacks in the pantry for the for the uh, families to enjoy therapeutic items and then lots of fun activities that provide moments of happiness for them
0: yeah Uh, now you know many many moons ago before i was in radio i actually have an advertising degree behind me as well and so one of the things i always love is when an organisation can get their whole organisation down to just a couple of words and it makes perfect sense. And yours does that in incredible ways with happy helps. Um, That is just a, a beautiful summary, I think, of the work that you do.
1: Yeah, it is, and it's really interesting because uh, we've actually been going, uh, well, we uh, we founded the organisation back in 2005, but it wasn't until 2015 that we actually sought independence. Prior to that, we'd been auspiced by other organisations. And when we became an independent organisation and we briefed an advertising agency and they came back to us with the line, we believe Happy Helps. And it was really important that that line was not only going to resonate with our volunteers, obviously, um, but with the children and their families, but really, um, very much with the healthcare team. Um, and let's face it, the happier one is, the better one does one's work. Um, and you know, nursing uh, healthcare teams do great work, but they're working in a very, very challenging, very challenging space. And a lot of the, a lot of the um, healthcare uh, workers, the nurses, um, you know, they're mothers and fathers themselves. Um, and here they are treating other people's children, and then they go home and look after their own children um so happy really does resonate throughout um, our stakeholders if you want to call it or what we call actually is the koala kids family and yeah. all these people all these groups make up our special a very special family
0: yeah um mandy if you were to take um the the work of koala kids away mm-hmm. um what would be there be in in hospitals and yeah. i suppose i'm asking that question to understand where yeah. it is you know you talked yeah. about board games and biscuits and whatever else it is Um, I suppose I'm trying to go what is there as part yeah, of the... Yeah, no, 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 no you're right.
1: And that's really when our son Nick, um, when he was 13 and he was bar um, and he decided to use, to donate monies that he'd been gifted um, to something that, um, that he could grow. Um, and we looked around at different organisations and different spaces. And when we came upon the children's cancer space, because, in fact, our daughter was in class with a little boy who was completing his cancer treatment, and we looked, and, of course, we saw a very, very crowded space, and names like the Red Kites and the Challenges and the Camp Qualities and the Make-A-Wish. And I could go on and on. So there was no point us setting up shop and duplicating any of the works so we spoke to people like in in the research that we were doing uh, that I was doing uh, we spoke to people like the art therapist and the music therapist and the play therapist and we said is there anything you don't have what is is there anything that is preventing you from doing your best work and you know what the art therapist said she said I don't have any colored paper I don't have text to colors I don't have glue sticks etc the music therapist said to us I only have my own guitar The play therapist didn't have any bubbles, she didn't have any lollipops, she didn't have any little items to distract children during their treatment. Um, And one of the first things we were asked for um, by this group of people was something that a parent could grab on a child's birthday in hospital, when the parent had been time poor, You're anxious and stressed beyond ridiculous and hadn't had time to organise the cake for a child. So, you know, if we did nothing else but provide every single child and young person on their birthday during treatment with a smashed chocolate cake, then I think that sums it all up, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it really does. It's wonderful. Um, And how did it get then from that perspective to say, look, the the mission's actually going to be for the kids and for the parents and for those who are, are caring? Because I think it's a beautiful... Um, sort of understanding of the ecosystem and and wanting to have happiness help in each of those places. Was that always from the start or was that as you were in there, you realised, hold on, let's let's adapt this.
1: No, it was quite organic. And it was as I, and in fact at the time it was interesting because I was suffering from my own very poor mental health and I was around about the same time diagnosed bipolar. So it was part of my therapy. Um, And Happy Helps wasn't even on the equation then all those years ago, but it was part of my therapy in talking to these people um, and trying to be distracted from my own situation. It was a matter of us being able to provide things that no-one else provided, but they were things that were going to matter. And I realised that in order, we couldn't be in the hospital every all the time. We had a couple of volunteers and we were allowed to go in and play with the kids and make coffee and hang with the parents. But if we were going to be really... Um, if we're going to have really strong impact, we had to get the healthcare team on our side too. Um, and you know, it's really interesting, um, Clayton, because uh, Dr. Peter Downey, who's the head of the Children's Cancer Centre at Monash Children's Hospital, he um, is quoted as saying along the lines of, "You can measure clinical trials; they can measure a child's treatment in terms of chemotherapy and growth of tumours and um, different blood cell counts, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. He said, "But the things that you can't." count are the love the care the safety um, the happiness etc of the child and he believes that those things together complement what else is going on and can obviously impact the child's treatment in a positive way. Yeah. And that's just music to our ears. Yeah. Um, so we do have a buy-in from a lot of the medical teams and the healthcare workers. And, you know, we'll go along and we'll make pizzas um, on a Sunday when we're allowed to go back into the hospitals. Okay. Um, and the staff, um, we'll say to the staff, you know, what, what would you like this? Oh, no, no, we're staff. We go, yeah, that's right, and you're included. Um, And you know, we even had once a parent say, Oh, can you do ours before you do the nurses? And we said, No, we do them all at the same time. Um, And we really do treat treat each other equally. And similarly with our volunteers, a lot of volunteers come to us because they have seen me. Um, and my growth um, through my own mental health issues and others in our organisation. And they come and they really use Koala Kids to help us and to add value to what we do, but to help themselves as well. And volunteering is such a joy. And they say volunteers live longer. So um, here we're looking at 120 years.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. It's great. Now, one of the things you've also talked about there, Mandy, has been this sort of Um, dual aspect of um, the the provision of things Mm -hmm. as well as the um, the presence of people, as it were, uh, in there. Is that something that is equally um, understood in Koala Kids? Is there a waiting to actually say, look, we will do provision, you know, presence of people a few times, but provision of things is our main aim. How, how does the balance fit?
1: No, no it, it is a very much a complementary thing. We have a fabulous team of tertiary students, um, and they wear our gorgeous signature white T-shirt with a big orange nose and smile on it. And we've had parents turn around and say to us, just to see that child, you know, young, young student smiling at the door saying, hi, how are you? Is enough? Yes, a big box of Lego is gorgeous for a child or a colouring book and packet of pencils, but for a parent, to just see someone else who cares. So we love to think that that's very much part of what we do. But then, of course, during the pandemic, when we weren't able to go into the hospitals um, and now we're going into the hospitals with masks on, And it just so happens that our mask has got a nose and a smiley face on it. And people do smile with their eyes. We're all learning that now in this world of, of masks that we're living in. Um, so, yeah, it's very important. And interesting, and I know off air we were discussing some research that we did recently, Um, and in the research the parents said the hospitals just aren't fun anymore because organisations like ours, and I'm not saying we're the only one, but we provide the fun, you know, the fun of of choosing a lucky dip, the fun of a child being able to choose a a um, novelty-printed theatre gown. We're even now doing theatre gowns that the kids can colour in. Um, And, you know, these make hospitals fun Um, because, you know, a a boring white theatre gown, a novelty band-aid compared to a beige band-aid, kids don't get off on beige, but they get love to pick out their wiggles or a bright colour or whatever else it might be. So it's very much an interactive situation when we can be there. And then when we're not there, we've now developed a database or a happy base, of course we call it, um, of over 180 families whom we talk to um, in their homes now. And that has now become an absolute integral part of our business. And the families are saying to us that it's very important that they can be as happy as they can be at home. So they're really appreciating what we now deliver in their homes. And now in the hospital, so we've got the best of both worlds.
0: It's Just wonderful. Mandy Mandy is my guest on In Conversation. She is from Koala Kids, in fact, started Koala Kids with her family. We're going to be back in a couple of moments time as we talk specifically uh, a bit more about the impact of of the pandemic on the work of Koala Kids and indeed those who are trying to reach kids who are uh, living through this cancer journey uh, in their various places and spaces, as we've been hearing. And we might even hear some specific stories. We we won't use people's names, but the impact of uh, some of Mandy's favourite stories that she's heard from those who've been impacted for, through Koala Kids. On the way next here on 89.9, The Light. In conversation with Clayton. On 89.9, The Light, you're in conversation with Clayton. And Mandy, Mandy is joining me. She is uh, the executive director, as well as the person who started Koala Kids. Um, and we've been hearing about the great work of Koala Kids, uh, who are helping uh, both kids who have cancer, the parents, as well as the staff who are looking after them, just by providing some of those fun things around, and being around, and uh, and just giving a smile. Uh, happy helps is the, the phrase that they are about. Uh, Mandy, let's actually talk briefly a, a little bit about the name Koala Kids. You could okay. have called it anything. What? Why, why koala kids? Yeah, no, it was
1: actually quite um, with purpose because um, when we first decided to go into the world of, of children's cancer, it was because our daughter was in class with a little boy who was uh, um, approaching the completion of his leukaemia treatment. And his father Uh, with a group of parents um, of children with cancer had started koala foundation and koala foundation um, was at the time koala was an acronym for kids oncology and leukaemia action so it was really a play with words related to cancer Um, but they'd started koala foundation and when i met tony mcginn Um, He'd actually just launched the first million dollar lunch to raise a million dollars to fund a new children's cancer centre at Monash Children's Hospital back in 2005. Um, And I spoke to him about Nicholas and this $3,000 that was burning a hole in his pocket, and he wanted to do something that he could sow a seed to grow something else. And Tony said, well, look, you know, why don't we... Tony was in the music and entertainment business, so that was pretty cool for my 13-year-old son. So I literally threw them in the office I said, boy, see what you can come up with. And they together came up with this concept of koala kids, which was going to be kids like Nick, healthy kids like Nick, hanging out with healthy siblings of children with cancer. Um, we, we obviously researched at the time and we knew that, that siblings, well, siblings of any child um, who's undergoing, a, um, you know, some sort of life-saving treatment or has a life-threatening illness, um, obviously the, the siblings, sadly, um, they do lose out. Um, they lose out both in the, um, you know, in the family stakes um, and just having friends at home, etc., because the family's life changes. So we became Koala kids. So we were auspiced by the Koala Foundation. Um, then when they merged with the Children's Cancer Foundation, Foundation. in 2012 we went with the merge as a program of the children's cancer foundation and then in 2015 um, we believed um, that we had come to the point where we needed our own independence um, and we had our own way of doing things and at the time it was a little different to the way that the ccf did it so that's when i approached some friends um, who were colleagues in the, in the space, and I said, hey, let's let's become the Koala Kids Foundation. And we were really lucky, Clayton, because we'd been doing what we'd been doing and what we wanted to do, that when we approached the Charities Commission and the Taxation Office and just said, we're going to keep doing it, they rubber-stamped us within two weeks, which was really exciting. And that process can normally take a year. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, so Koala Kids stuck. Um, when we originally briefed the agency that came up with We Believe Happy Helps, we did say at the time that we might drop the kids but you know what we're koala kids that is who we are what we are it is our personality and to just call us koala um i think would be would be robbing us of half our name
0: yeah yeah um one of the the things that i know you've uh, spent a bit of time looking but also living uh out as koala kids has been the impact of the pandemic on those families who are going through cancer treatment Um, i know that even some of your research Mandy was talking about the fact that people were now scared in the middle of that pandemic to come in to get cancer treatment, cancer treatment, you know, journeys and pathways were were being stopped because people were scared of coming to hospitals to to catch COVID. What what did you see the impact? And I suppose now the, the lasting impact of the pandemic has been?
1: And it is a lasting impact because every time we think that we're over it and we're out the other side, of course we get locked down again. Um, the main thing we we actually um, briefed independent research because we wanted to know, um, not just by us asking families and them giving us an answer. Um, so we surveyed 110 families who'd signed up on our on our database and had been enjoying our thing. So they a lot most of those families had been with us for most of the year, and they said um, they said you know that we we a third of the families said that we stopped going to hospital, as you just said, two thirds of the families reported increased stress and anxiety, particularly for the for the mother off the Richter scale. Um, Their main cause and their main concern, obviously, um, you know, as well as as their child's longevity and their child's survival was the family unit. Um, and look, we've all read in the papers how, you know, and it happened again recently, only one parent was allowed to be with a child. And that's because the child was under the age of, of 18. Because then when you got into that the space, were in an adult's hospital. And as I was saying earlier, we, we support young adults. They weren't allowed one visitor, neither a sibling nor a parent. So we were having to come up with more activities um, that could lure them to hospital, in fact. And then once they were there, that they could enjoy doing. We had a lovely story from an 18-year-old who tried cross-stitching, never tried tried it before. And you know what? It was therapeutic. It was relaxing. for And it passed the time. You know, eight hours, and they have plenty of hours, sadly, when they're in hospital. So the main thing is this stress and anxiety. And as a result of us learning these things, we're now offering things like online zoom uh, pilates for mothers we offer we try to where we can offer activities for the whole family to do together you know and in any one family you can have so many different dynamics over the different ages so we're really trying hard we do cooking sessions we do um, the kids have been building volcanoes and blowing them up Um, they were building they were making and building gingerbread houses and decorating them as a family Um, so whereas we can have things for the individual kids we love to do things and we love to link them so the same activity can be done by the kids at home and, and the parent and the parent and, and the child in hospital.
0: Yeah, it must require uh, quite a creative team uh, because it feels like you have to constantly push the creative boundaries uh, to come up with, with different ideas. How do you actually come up with the, the creativity of
1: yeah, no, and good question. And we have a huge creative team of one, Jess. And she's sitting across the desk from me at the moment. Um, and Jess is our programs coordinator. And we, th- we say she's a frustrated school teacher. Um, and Jess comes up with these fun ideas. And then of course, fun ideas then come up with uh, we come up with other ideas as a result. And we love saying to the kids. What do you, you, know, give us some ideas. We were at um, Alfington Grammar last week and we said to the year eight students, tell us some of the things that if you were stuck in bed, and you couldn't go out for days or weeks, what are the sorts of things you do? Well, of course, most of them said, well, as long as they've got their their phone or their iPad or whatever it might be. But we're saying, no, we're talking beyond that Um, because you know what, even kids that are cool and that can only be on their phone, and they actually need more than that. Um, So we we talk to people. We're at the moment gathering a group of mums um, and we're going to brainstorm with them. Tell us some more things that you've enjoyed that maybe other mums might like to enjoy and then we'll throw ideas at them as well. um, so it's very, it is collaborative, even though Jess is driving that part of our organisation, we love hearing from people and we love that, um, that we all brainstorm together. We've got a beautiful group of volunteers. Um, I won't mention their age because they're over 70 and they probably wouldn't like me to, but they've been with us. They come in every Monday um, and they, we, we love throwing ideas at them for them to come back to us with ideas, which yeah. is great. So it's very much a collaboration over our, you know, throughout the organisation and going back to the families.
0: Yeah. And look, I mean, someone who lives in a creative space, you know, for most of my working life being in, in media as well, and also having done interviews around creativity a lot, yeah. just, just the ability to, to think differently to the way I was thinking, whether I'm sitting in the hospital bed or something like that can do wonders for the way that you actually can cope in life and, and focus on the next thing and get through that next area. So the constant differences are, are so so impacting. Yeah. Um. Now, Mandy, most people, uh, you know, when I sort of start before an interview, I say, look, you know, how, how do people help? Do you want volunteers? Do you want donations? They go, oh, yeah, this is how we want it. I think you're one of the very first who said, oh, look, I look, I'm just happy to tell the stories. That's what it is. But uh, if, we, if people do want to help. So I still want to give that plug because, uh-huh. you know, as much as you were happy just to get the word out there, yeah. my sense is you probably are always after volunteers. I'm sure you're after donations as well that you can put to good use. If people do want to help, what what can they do?
1: Okay so okay they can volunteer we um we don't we have a growing army um, and you know people's lives change so the, the the 200 volunteers today might be different to the 200 volunteers we had this time last year um we love tertiary students approaching us during their studies and volunteering with us in the hospitals um we have skilled volunteers so our website's driven by a volunteer our um our you know, different areas of our marketing social media etc cetera, etc cetera. so people with skills and offering their skills We have people who work remotely, volunteer remotely with us, Um, so they never come into the office, but they might be doing something, you know, with spreadsheets or um, some admin task, et cetera. Um, We love it when people um, do uh, uh, their own fundraising. You know, so we've had the bake sales and the car washes and schools um, promoting us. And what we say with schools, interestingly, is, you know, the old gold coin day I think is a little bit meaningless, and I love it when the school says um, I go along and I speak to the students and then they come back with packets of Uno and little packets of Lego because I think a child choosing something like that is than oh, mum, quick, give me the gold coin day, it's gold coin, the gold coin for gold coin day. So we love that sort of thing. Um, We love people talking about what we do. Um, We believe it is a compelling story, as, as, you know, we're sharing with you, and that in itself lends itself to people responding. If they want to donate directly, they can do that too, Um, and they can go to our website um, and donate on our website, and donations on our website don't have any um, costs associated with them, which is great so people can know that 100% of their donation is going to benefit um, the, the, the children and their families. We also love when people donate goods. Um, so, you know, we've got a um, wonderful Carmen's Kitchen donate hundreds of bars, um, health bars and, and and porridge and things like that to us. Um, and in fact over the last 12 months we attracted um oh, I think it was just about 100, 170,000 dollars worth of in-kind goods. Now without those donations we may have had to buy those items. Mm. Um, we were looking to buy some iPads the other day for children when they have to go to Peter Mac and they have to have radiotherapy so that they can watch a show um, on, on Netflix on an iPad during their radio therapy treatment we couldn't get them um, buy them discounted we couldn't buy them on sale. so in fact a few of our supporters we rang and they went out and bought them for us and donated them to us some said oh but there must be lots of houses with second-hand ipads we don't do we cannot have second-hand um, items of any sort everything has to be absolutely brand new obviously from a hygienic perspective yeah so there's lots of things lots
0: of yeah items. it's wonderful yeah. look i'm sure as people are listening they want to get involved the, the website is koalakids.org.au koalakids.org.au you can find all the details there you can read up more about it there as well Mandy it's been wonderful just spending a bit of time with you Uh, your passion uh, is clearly evident as well and thanks so much for letting us know about Koala Kids and indeed on behalf of the whole team that you're there thank you so much for the work that you do
1: thanks Clayton. it's been a pleasure thank you
0: my guest on In Conversation Mandy Mandy from Koala Kids Now website again koalakids.org dot au